and we just wanna have a good time. Everybody to the flow. Why you frontin'? Get the actin' like you know. We just wanna have a good What's good everybody? Welcome to another episode of Two Tones. I'm here, Tony Lee. Follow me on Twitter at T-O-N-Y-L-W-E underscore. First episode of the year of 2016. We starting things off right, man. I'm here with my co-host, man, Tony Timberlake. Tony, what up, man? What's happening, King? Uh, you can fo- you guys can follow me at Tony Timberlake three on Instagram and Twitter. Um, You're not anywhere else. I'm definitely not on Tinder. Um, <laughs> yeah, I used to be up there. Um, I used to be up there and Christian Mingle, but I deleted Christian Mingle because I seen somebody person that I knew up there, and I had to get off before they seen me. So that's the thing in the past right now. But um, we out here, man. So and follow the show too. At where Tony? Where are you gonna yeah, follow the show? At? You can follow the show at the number two, the word two T O N E S. That's only on Twitter. You can follow us there, um, and you can holler at us. Let us know what you think about the episodes. Um, let us know your thoughts on the stuff that we talk about. Um, let us know what you yeah, want us man. to talk about. Yeah, interact with us, man. Y'all did interact with us last week about your favorite episodes. You know, um, the Suede and Armand episode got a lot of retweets. You know, I'm not mm-hmm. going to say a lot, but about three or four. Um, but, yeah, man, like, uh, we like when y'all interact with us. Interact with us, man. Not just our personal accounts, but the uh, Twitter handle. But um, how was your year, man? How was your New Year's? How do you spend it? Man, um, it was good, man. Went to church, um, then roamed out in these uh, streets a little bit, and then went home because I had to go to work in the morning. So I, kept it, man. I kept it pretty chill. Yeah, I was uh, I was in church myself. I almost didn't make it, though. I fell asleep to about 10.30. Woke up, <laughs> I fell asleep. I woke up about 10.30, 10.45. I was like, oh, because I, I planned to go to church, but I finally made it. You know what I mean? I was there. It was cool. You know what I mean? After that. I try to find a turn up, but I I wound up going to like a chicken shack, get some chicken, going home. You know what I mean, so what was the slogan? Cool. What was the slogan for 2016, man? They didn't have one, sadly. They didn't what? have one. I was hoping for one. Yeah, they they didn't have one. He didn't, um, see, he didn't say live clean in 2016 or nothing like that. Nah, nah, that's definitely out there somewhere, but they didn't have one. <laughs> um, I'm actually thankful they didn't have one. Um, but yeah, that was it, man. And we here, new year, new us. Some great things coming this year. Um, Definitely. I mean, and thank God for the day, man. We just said, man. So, and this is another thing. Yeah. You said what? No, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, This is a new year. We get it. That's all cool. Um, But on the last day of the year, December 31st, I held the Tony Lee Awards on Twitter. You know, I I, I hosted them. Yeah, I mean, I shouted a couple people out in the timeline, and I had to do what I do. You understand what I'm saying? Because this is something I do yearly, but I never did it to this capacity. Like, I never actually put it together. I used to always shout people out. You know, I'm doing awards, you know, on Twitter, and I never did it. But I mm-hmm. finally did the first annual Tony Lee Awards. And everybody, a lot of people was uh, shouted out and slandered on this, man. It wasn't even slandered. It was the truth, honestly. Like, a lot of <laughs> the truth. Cause, nah, because you got one, too. Oh, yeah, right? I, I did. I got one. You got one. So, I'm going to recap them, man. And all of it. <laughs> All the Twitter people listen to everything. Listen, you were nominated. It is what it is. You laugh with us. You know what I mean? If you feel some type of way, pull up. Run your fade. We out here. So, all right. I'm going to run through all the awards I gave out of the year or whatever. Um, Tony Lee Awards. The first award I gave out was to Young Boss, the tweet deleter of the year. <laughs> and I put the hashtag. I put in parentheses. He's going to respond to this, then delete it. And what did he do, folks? He deleted it. Um... <laughs> No, real talk, because that's what Lewis does. That's Lewis on Twitter. Get at him. Yo. He deletes. Yo, he. I'm gonna tell he you. He deletes tweets. I'm yeah, gonna tell what? when you when you mention the award that was the most hilarious to me. I'll I'll tell you like how hilarious it was because it came true like literally the next day. All of these did. Listen, 
Lewis Young Boss on Twitter. Follow him, Y-U-N-G underscore Boss. Tweet deleted of the year. He deletes everything. You have a conversation with him. Go back to his timeline in five minutes. The whole thing is deleted. You don't know what's going on. I don't know who he's trying to press out there. Shout out to Lewis. That's my homie, Jersey. Next award was given to uh, Kellis, Cahill the First. CHH slanderer of the year. Um, he slanders a lot of CHH artists. Um, he used to cover them, but now he slanders them. And I do it too. You know, he's like my rival because I do it a lot too. You know what I mean? And Kellis doesn't pull any punches. So he got that award. The next award after that was the favorite and the liker of the year. Shout out to D Eds, D E D Z Jr. Um, he likes every tweet. Like, tweets out of nowhere. He comes out at like 3, 4 in the morning. He likes your tweet. He favorites your tweet. I'm like, where did he come from? Like, he barely tweets, but he likes everything. You know, and go to his likes. You'll see everything you ever tweeted inside of his likes. So, <laughs> shout out to DS Jr. The next award after that, this got good, people. It's going to get even better, but it's got good. I'm telling you, y'all got to get on Twitter. Side note. If you ain't on Twitter, get on Twitter, man. We'll be out there. So, And if you ain't get a Tony Lee award, that means you ain't really doing nothing on Tony Lee's timeline. Yeah, if you ain't get listen, if you ain't get a war from me, you ain't really you ain't really popping because you do what you want when you popping. <laughs> but if you ain't get a war from me, obviously your timeline ain't that popping. You Yo, know what I mean? You so, can be like, where you couple, at, where was you at when I was tweeting on the timeline? Where was that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Where yeah was that? Yeah, that's what we doing, man. <laughs> Next award went to Tiffany, Trouble Starter of the Year. At Lil Miss Ladylike, um, she all I think Tiffany wakes up to start something on Twitter. Like I wake up, Tiffany is is in a debate and argument with like feminist Twitter, Black Twitter, Asian Twitter. Tiffany is all over the place, right? So she's the trouble starter of the year. And like I said, go to these people's profiles. You see what I'm talking about? Tiffany was ranting about something today, but that's my homie, man. She also gonna get the pettiest of the year into this year because in real life and on Twitter, she's the same. Like she's Queen Petty, mm-hmm. troll of the year. Went to Skip Bayless, and that's just, that's just, you know. Obvious. I mean, obvious. Um, most Avies of the year, which to Lene. This was the one I was Lene, talking about. That shit changed the next day. I was dying. Yo, went to Lene J underscore. My friend Lene, um, you're pretty. We get it. But she changes her Avie literally like every day. And she changes her header also. I'm like, go to her page today and look at her Avie. And go to her page tomorrow. It won't be the same. Like, so shout out to Lene. Um... Undercover battle rapper of the year went to Armand. Wake up! Um, listen, Armand is a big battle rap fan. I'm a big battle rap fan. We talk about battle rap a lot. However, there's a lot of UCHH Christian rappers out there that he's been like, I know he written and erased a couple of bars aimed at y'all. And low key, if you go to Epiphany Marcus Graham's recent album, there's probably a lot of subliminal shots in there. So Armand, undercover battle of the year. You know what I mean? Not seeing him live. You see his hand movements. He's definitely a battle rap in the spirit. Um, <laughs> fall off. Fall off of the year goes to Chipotle Tweets. Chipotle Tweets, they fell off. They got a whole E. coli case. Chipotle been overrated anyway, in my opinion. Chipotle isn't that great. It's like seasoned less chicken and beef and regular plain brown fried rice. People go crazy with Chipotle. Run my fade, hit me up. Yeah, I mean, if you don't think so. Reach of the year goes to Rapsilla. Uh... (laughs) And why they got the reach of the year, no pun intended, it's because the article they did on Lecrae. Rapzilla, they, they, they're like clickbait number two. Number one is CNN. And I'm sorry, they're number three. Complex is number two. But Rapzilla is like the king of clickbait when it comes to this side of town. Um, they know what they're doing. You know what I mean? So, next. Shout out to good people at Rapzilla, too. Um, <laughs> next goes the most I hate people tweets of the year. Goes to Miss Parisi. That's Kayla on Twitter. Um, Kayla, at times, hates people. She doesn't like humanity. Sometimes she'd rather be alone. And I'm mean, not understand that. I know Kayla in real life, so she's that way. 
podcast of the year with the two tones. Went to us. I was biased. You know what I mean? But we definitely need to drop weekly. This is a new year. People expecting us. I can't get a hug. Mascot of the year goes to Trav Diggity. <laughs> <laughs> He's like that guy that's always standing there saying, yo, I can't get a hug. Where my hug at? What you eating? You taking a shower? I can't get in with you. Yeah, he's one of them guys. Travis is my dude. But on Twitter, if you go to <laughs> go to a pretty girl's tweet and you open that tweet up, you'll see Travis at the bottom with a comment saying, oh, you look pretty. And nothing has to do with nothing. He's going to say it anyway. Now, fake deep tweets of the year. Went to Sean King. Sean King, he's fake deep. Um, I'd give it to him. At times, he is enlightening and he, he does the right thing. But then it's, his hand has been immediate lately. For some pretty uh, sketchy stuff. So, um, fake deep tweets go to Sean King and somebody else, but I ain't gonna say it. Um, third Heaven Traveler of the Year goes to Kayla's brother, Michael J. Parisi. Um, that's neither here nor there. Um, God told me something about him. He's just a third heaven traveler. Um, <laughs> his freaking fly his, <laughs> his freaking fly miles are crazy, brother. Um, most random tweeter of the year, um, Eons D. Um, listen. Eons D went from giving out scriptures to dropping f bombs. That's my dude. He real out here. Shout out to Eons D. Um, sports fan of the year went to I Preserve Two underscore. He did it. He, he's a Cowboys fan, but he go too hard for the Cowboys. Like I get it. I don't like the Cowboys and I hate the Cowboys, but he goes too hard. But he's from Dallas and he reps Dallas. So I gave him that. Um, it's getting kind of long, people, but stick with me. It's getting better. Dry humor of the year and quotation shade throw of the year goes to Imade in truth. I made the truth. That's the way it's spelled. Um, very funny sister we had on a show recently. Uh, I think it was a Charleston shooting episode. And that's the one. She's on Twitter. You know what I mean? She's very hilarious. So we followed her. Memes and gifts of the year, a.k.a. lurker of the year, goes to Bleezus Christ, Erica, B-L-E-E-S-U-S-C-R-I-C-E. Erica's a funny follower, one of my funniest followers, but she definitely lurks a lot. And she has me rolling at times. Co-host slash timeline stalker slash fake busy of the year goes to Tony Timberlake. <clears throat> yeah, that's right, too, Tony. Um, Man, listen, whatever. Run my face. The re- <laughs> nah, the reason why we don't get the show weekly because Tony's fake busy. Um, <laughs> he just got married. I get that. I gave it to him in the first couple of months, but after that, I'm like, come on, bro. You have you have free time in your hands. Um, and also, watch athlete of the year goes to Kobe Bryant. He can share that with Peyton Manning. And um, worst teams of the year goes to Cash Money. The Philadelphia 76ers and the Eagles. And interviewer of the year goes to Charlemagne the God. And Charlemagne actually responded to me on Twitter. You know what I mean? So shout out to Charlemagne. I'm trying to get in the radio soon. So that's a good look. You know what I mean? So, so yeah, man. That was the Tony Lee Awards. Oh, also, I forgot one. Also, a none to help. I, I think a one to help. I've got, I don't know how you spell his name. Um, late responder of the year. This guy will respond to the tweet <laughs> a year later. Like, we'll be talking about something today. This nigga would get on Twitter and respond two days later, like, oh, you funny, bro. I'm like, what is he talking about? Oh, he's talking about this? Like, he responds to stuff the next day, literally, like the next week. And I'm like, dude, you got to respond on time. He claims he's busy. I don't know what he's doing. And also, the wallet of the year and restaurant attendee of the year, what's a complex genius? Um, he's a dude from Jersey. You know, he eats. There's only two people in the timeline to eat better than me, him and Armand. You know what I mean? He'd be at like three restaurants a day in Atlanta. I don't know what he does for a living. Personally, I think he sells drugs, but that's neither here nor no there. Dude, stay with money. You know what I mean? He eat at good places. So shout out to him. And yeah, man. Yo, that was the Tony Lee You skipped a few, fam. The Did hey, I? Yeah. The Hey Look. Here's the song I'm listening to. Tweeter of the Year. It goes to Revamp. Oh, yes. You the forgot Hey Luke. Look, every. <laughs> Go ahead. Hold up. Hold up. The Hey, everybody. Look what I'm listening to. 
Tweet of the year goes to Reed. Listen, I like the post I listen to also on the timeline. But Reed, some, Reed sometimes, she does it too much. Like, Reed, we get it. We, we like that artist too. Reed, we, we, Reed, we know Reed, okay? So, Reed had to get that. And Lukewarm tweet up there yes, with the Suede. Listen, Suede is lukewarm not only on Twitter but in real life. So, and it shows vaguely through his tweets. <laughs> so, he got a lukewarm tweet of the year. Um, half is about God and the other half is about making these monies and getting out the swamp. I don't know what he's talking about. And um, you for, you forgot um, another one too, but I think you're no, trying I to keep it. it. You it. might be trying to keep it low. Yeah, yeah. The other one went to Azalea Banks. Um, the most crazy uh, lashing out account of the year. Um, other one went to Don Lemon. The most what is he doing, man? Comments received of the year went to him. <laughs> and the, and the most ignorant slash captivating tweet of the year went to Taxstone. Taxstone is hilarious, and he's also uh, like, what are you talking about, bro? Good dude, right there. Check out his podcast. If you dare. Um, and Dab of the Year went to a white kid doing a dab in church. I don't know where he's hey, from. but Dab. Yeah, you forgot fine. about Thirst Traps of the Year, fam. Oh, that went to Deonte Digital. Scotty Beam on Twitter. Thirst Traps of the Year went to Scotty Beam on Twitter. Listen, I don't have no problem calling that out. I love her, man. Shout out to Scotty <laughs> Beam, man. Wonderful <laughs> goddess. Hey, man. But, um, yeah, man, so that was the Tony Lee Awards, man. Listen, any hate mail, anything you got to say about it, come at me. But let's just laugh. Let's enjoy it. You know what I mean? Every uh, year, the last day of the year, I'll be running these awards like I always do. So you might get nominated. If you don't, that means you wasn't popping. But that means I just pretty I pretty much forgot probably. But um, that was the awards, man. Shout out to Charlemagne. That was the highlight, man. He hit me up. So I didn't hit me up yet. I'm speaking of faith. But um, yeah, man. So <laughs> That was that. That was that, man. Good times. Good times. Word. That was a hilarious time on the timeline, man. I was dying, like waiting for the next one to come up. Just yeah, dying, that was a good. I know them joints true, like hilarious. They're very true. The, They're you started every... off with a bang going with the uh, tweet deleter of the year, though. That was like Lewis deletes the big everything. One. That Yo, was just he... hilarious, though. I wouldn't be surprised. I wake up his timeline is deleted. His whole timeline is just deleted. <laughs> I'm a... <laughs> I wake up. Yo, he still got a count. It's just there. No tweets here. It just be a scripture. You know, he, he like to be fake deep too. But that's my homie. So, Word. but yeah, man. that is the homie definitely. That's the homie, man. Jersey. So well, yeah, man. on to some uh, not definitely not lighter news. Um, if you've been following uh, the normal news cycle or today's normal news cycle of social uh-huh. media and twenty four hour twenty four seven journalism um, over the last year and probably a like year year and a half, uh, Bill Cosby's name has been in the news consistently concerning. Um, numerous 30 plus rape allegations um he actually has been charged with uh, i believe was it was it sexual misconduct was it was it complete rape that they charged him with Um, i don't know it was complete rape but it was i know it was a uh, 2004 charge yeah like 10 years ago like Um, it was almost out of the statute of limitations limitations yeah and it came up um my my take on this whole thing this is tragic, obviously, you know, and it kind of baffles me on Twitter. I see people, they're like, oh, man, he gave us such a great show. They can't separate the actor from the real person. Mm-hmm. Like, people are putting two or two together, like, oh, Cliff Huxtable was the best father I had. They're trying to destroy his legacy. No, if this man did something, then they're taking him to court for an obvious reason, right? Mm-hmm. However, now, there's women coming forth and more women and more women. I don't know if he did it to all of them, but this is the thing, right? Even if he did it to one of them, it's just as serious, right? And it should be yeah. taken into consideration. Who am I to say, oh, you're lying, you're lying. Listen, 
they're taking him to court. So obviously something is going on there, but we don't know to what extent. Now some people saying he was about to buy NBC. They trying to tear his legacy down. Now I I don't know. I'm not gonna lean towards that way. But it's like this is the thing. This his whole rape issue, whatever. That's been a known thing in the past, like in the '80s and '90s. He's joked about it a lot. It wasn't until recently the Hannibal Burris joke that it became big. But mm-hmm. Cosby been known for. You said what? No, I was just saying. Mm-hmm, I'm listening. Yeah, Cosby. He was. He made jokes about this in Quaaludes. I think he admitted to actually giving women Quaaludes back then. That was like a thing back then. Didn't make yeah. it right though. But it's like now it's it's odd that it's coming out of nowhere. You know, when he's doing these certain moves and power moves. He probably mm-hmm. pissed the wrong white person off. I don't know the yeah, person in power. That, I think I want to say Charlemagne but, said it on Brilliant Idiots. Um, yeah, yeah, he did. But it's been plenty of people that have basically um, pointed to the same thing or alluded to the same thing um, in terms of but, this is this wasn't a, a hidden. This was like a little, not even a little secret, like a, a industry secret or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that you know he pissed the wrong person off and they railroaded him with it. Um, but it's neither here nor there. Um, yeah, neither here nor there. That means either either way, this is still a case at hand. And like I said, whether it was fifty women or one woman, I believe some women just like jump. I ain't gonna lie, they jump a ship. Oh, me too, me too. But either way, I don't want to like um, die down the severity of the issue. Like either way, if someone was raped, it still needs to be taken into account, you know, and addressed. So, um, and people need to learn how to separate per- people's personal lives from the actor or from the rapper or from the singer or from the ball player. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. actually Bill Cosby in real life. That was Cliff, Cliff Huxtable. That was your TV father or whatever. This is Bill Cosby. You know, and um, it's a sad situation. Very unfortunate. Um, and it also baffles me and this is not to die this down, but like the father in seventh heaven, he had a rape case raping children. I, I believe it was children. I don't want to go and say that it was, it was it a was niece legend, but of his, his niece of his, I don't know if it was a rape or I don't know what it was exactly, but it was something similar to this. But that happened. Yeah, that power. happened. And, you know, it was a thing in the news and it went away. And it hit Seventh Heaven is still showing, I'm sure. People aren't going crazy for that. And it baffles me, right? When people of color do certain things, it's more magnified. And it's not even coming from the media for the most part. Sometimes it's us. And maybe we don't care about Seventh Heaven that much. But it's like, we kind of looked at Bill Cosby as a role model. So I get why. But it's like a double standard when it comes to like white celebrities and, and they doing the same thing. The Seven Heaven Father just did it, and it's nothing. It's no news. Like he's still walking free, doing his thing. They're not trying to threaten to pull this show off. But um, wrong is wrong. I'm not like I'm not making one right because the other isn't. But it's just it's crazy, man. It's something to look at. So it's very unfortunate. We will see how it plays out. So yeah. Well, let's yeah, lighten man. the mood back up. Everybody's favorite official trapper uh, hopped online today to air his grievances, <laughs> his grievances with his baby's mama. <laughs> Future got on Twitter today talking about Sierra has control issues and he's mad because he's going having to go through lawyers to see his son or whatever the case may be. Yeah, man. Yeah, this, um, I he, think it's really yeah. he just hot because Russell Russell balling right now. Yeah, it's looking hot. like he's, a, he's it's looking like figure. a good move, like because he ain't say nothing <laughs> all season when Seattle was struggling. He ain't say nothing. Soon as Seattle no. wins, wins five out of six and Russell's playing like a freaking MVP. Now he, I'm mad. Let me let me say yeah. something now. Yeah, because I think he fears that Russell's gonna hold baby future over his head like that Super Bowl trophy when they win, and he holds his baby up like that. He gonna feel some type of way, you know. And Freeja got on Twitter. I should have never f that b. It is what it is. He was like, I just want baby future back, and I was like, Metro Rubin just wants some more, nigga. But either way, <laughs> I pray both of y'all is good. I, I responded. I said, 
I just want baby future. Well, Metro Boomer just wants some more. But either way, I both of y'all can fight it. Like, yeah. but it's a sad situation, Man. you know. And people, of course, go ahead. Nah, I bet you if Baby Future is with Future, they ain't watching no Seahawks games. Baby Future gonna be like, I want to see Russell. He'd be like, Nah, we ain't, we ain't watching that. Nope, nope, nope. Yeah. So basically, Future talking on Twitter, and people do it a lot. And I heard seeing people doing. You know, we're advocates. We all know. We we know it all on Twitter. So people think they're counselors. They know what to do. People without kids. People with kids. They should do. They should do that. Either way, that's their family, and they're gonna handle it. Like they're gonna handle it. We don't know the severity of the issue. We don't know what's going on in the inside. So we can't really say. This is that. This is that. Like, just let it play but out. It, and so it isn't it... a good look from the outside in. It's not a good no, it look isn't. to be on social media blasting your baby's mother. That was At a all, decision that's... you made. Yeah, that's not a good look. I'm not advocating that. That's not a... It's funny. It's hilarious. Entertaining, but it's sad. Because I would never get on Twitter and blast anyone. My friend, my mother. I just don't do that. That's I don't carry myself like that. You know? Because yeah. some people do. Some people get on Twitter. McMill got on Twitter. People, they express themselves. Sometimes they don't go for the best. So... Either way, it happened. It was a thing. You know, we'll see how it plays out, man. Um, did you see Russell on stage uh, singing uh, Usher? Was that Usher? Say that one more time. Did you see Russell uh, singing Usher on stage? I think it was Usher. I don't... Mm-mm. Yeah, hilarious. R- uh, Russell's a cornball. Uh, we-, we know that. But um, he's a good yeah. dude, man. Yeah. You said what? Yeah, it's hilarious though. I just need if they win the Super Bowl, I need him to say what a time to be alive. Like he got to do the chant, what a time <laughs> to be alive. I, I'll cry, dog. I will cry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be like, yo, Russell got some petty in him, and that's hilarious. Yeah, he's but Russell's a good dude, man. I don't know. We don't know the severity of the situation. I don't even want to talk about it. Go deep and like we don't know. Like we're just from the outside looking in, and people think they're experts or relationship experts and family court and child support. Like you don't know what's going on. <laughs> Like, chill. Like, we always do that. You know, True. like, what are you talking about? Like, you don't know. So, yeah, man. So, let's hop into these NFL predictions. Let's talk about this NFL, man. Yeah. What's going so, on? Playoff picture. We're going into wild card weekend. Um, this weekend, we have man. four games. Two on Saturday, two on Sunday. Not sure mm. which ones are which, but we're going to talk mm-hmm. about them. Which one, where you want to start? <laughs> NFC or AFC? AFC, AFC. All right, AFC. All right, well, let's go with this one because they knocked your team out. The Pittsburgh Steelers wow. clinched the last wild card spot uh, over. Hey, shouldn't have lost. Um, and so they will face division rival Cincinnati uh, in Cincinnati. How do you think that's going to go? I got Cincinnati. Really? Why? Because I'm salty. Because <laughs> I'm mad that we lost and we, our real. loss got them in the playoffs. That's real. No, but seriously, I think Cincinnati's a better team this year overall, honestly. Um, but Big Ben in these playoffs. With Antonio Brown, like, uh, yeah. it ain't going to be easy. Yeah. I ain't say it's going to be easy, but I got Cincinnati. Yeah, I think, I think I'm going to roll with Pittsburgh on this one. Um, and this is why. Um, Cincinnati has a questionable history in the playoffs, and I think the worst thing that happened to them happened with Denver winning last night and clinching that number one seed. The Bengals could have used this bye week. Um, their uh, starting quarterback, uh, Andy Dalton, is out with, I think he's a thumb injury for him. So yeah. they have their backup AJ McCarron, and he's been playing pretty solid. Yeah, McCarron ain't. Yeah, he ain't playing bad at all. No, he's not playing bad, but he's also not the normal starter, and this is his first time in the playoffs. That doesn't mean exactly. he can't perform well, but odds are, your first time in the playoffs, you don't really do that well. Um, right. And right. Pittsburgh just has a ton of experience. Big Ben has two Super Bowl rings, right? Yeah. These receivers, they got three. Great receivers in Pittsburgh to spread that field, 
And, yeah. you know, Cincinnati's going to have their hands full. I don't care about Pittsburgh right now. I got Cincinnati, man. Next game. <laughs> All right, we'll hop over to the NFC. Uh, and we'll do the 6-3 and three there as well. The six-seed Seattle Seahawks traveled to Minnesota to face the Vikings, who clinched the NFC North last night after beating the Green Bay Packers. Mm. I got Seattle blowing these cats out. I got Seattle, too. Seattle's on Seattle's, another wave right now. Seattle about to curb stomp these boys. Seattle is on an amazing wave. Very impeccable. Like, they're playing great football. You see what they did in Arizona? Like, they're doing. They're playing great football. Russell Wilson... Yeah, uh, yeah. Russell Wilson is playing just as good as Cam Newton right now. Just as good, if not better. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, let's Crazy. keep it funky. But um, I got respect to Adrian Peterson, but this is Teddy Bridgewater's first time in the playoffs, and I don't know if I'm going to pick that quarterback against that defense. <laughs> if they just, yeah, they just shut down Carson Palmer like that, I'm, I'm not rolling. I'm not rolling. Yeah, man, they... Seattle got it. Next game. All right. We'll hop back over to the AFC. We got the Kansas City Chiefs and the Houston Texans. Mm. I like Alex Smith. A lot of people sleep on him, man. He's very consistent, man. Mm-hmm. I like Alex Smith. Um, I'm going to go with the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. I like Alex Smith, man. And Reed. I like they're doing over there. So, Andy Reed. Yeah, I'm going with Kansas City on this one, too, man. Um, just too many. The. Too many weapons. They lost Jamal Charles, and they found two other running backs to keep it keep a consistent running game. Yeah, and they're experienced. Like Alex Andy is consistent. Reed, I like offense, Alex, I think yeah. and I don't think the Texans are as good. I don't. I just don't I, think they're as good a team, a good enough team to beat Kansas City. And I don't care that it's in Houston. <laughs> yeah, I got Kansas City. Easy. All right, but and then the last game. Uh, of the wild card round is Green Bay versus Washington. The Packers versus the Redskins. Kirk Cousins That's has been Packers. balling as of late. He has, you know, but the, but I'm rolling the with NFC. Green Bay. <laughs> yeah, I got Aaron Rodgers. Come on, I got the champ. Come on, one of the greatest in the game right now. He top three, but he's top yeah. three. So, yeah, I got Aaron Rodgers, man. He, I said Aaron Rodgers. I got the Packers. <laughs> um, Shoot. I trust the Packers' Same weapons. Thing. Secondary, I trust them better than the. Uh, Washington, Washington, they're good for the division, but the division was trash, so that wasn't yeah. the same much. Um, so, yeah, man, I got Green Bay. All right, bet. Well, let, let's let's do a rough one from here. Pick your Super Bowl. Who's playing in it? Hold up, did you? Um, oh, Carolina got a bye week. Yeah, Carolina got the bye week. The bye right, weeks. Right, right. Yeah, uh, Denver and New England got the bye weeks in the AFC. Carolina and Arizona got the bye weeks in the NFC, and Arizona needed it after the way they got curb stomped yesterday. By uh, Seattle. Yeah, I want to say Super Bowl. Um, I said the Jets lose. I'm going with Carolina, so I'm going to go with Carolina and the NFC. And the AFC is either New England or uh, Pittsburgh. Honestly, all hate aside, and Tom Brady is the greatest to me. Um, uh, Carolina, man. I want to see Cam win. I want to see Cam win it, man. Even though these mm-hmm. sports writers, these white sports writers, <laughs> are trying to put them down and trying to like, nah. I got Carolina. Yeah. I want them to take the whole thing, man. So, Carolina, New England. Carolina win. Okay. Over a field goal. <laughs> what about you? I, I like Carolina, but I'm rolling with Seattle. I just like the way Seattle's playing right now. Yeah, Seattle. Dang They've been man. in the Super Bowl the last two years, so the experience is there. This core is together. And I think they are I think they are on a mission. I think they're pissed because they should have won the Super Bowl last year. 
if yeah, it wasn't for a pissed. slant on the one yard line, and they're getting Marshawn Lynch back after like two months off. He's returning from yeah, injury, so he's got fresh legs. He hasn't taken it too much punishment this year. I think it's yeah, just scary. falling right in place, man. Scary, Russell man. Wilson got the third string tight end and the second string fullback scoring touchdowns against a division rival the last game of the season. Like, yeah, it's, it's they're very scary. They're just I would clicking. not want to play. They're them. clicking, and I don't think anybody in the NFC wants to see Seattle. No one wants to. No one in the league. Even wants to play though Seattle right will be on the road, nobody wants to see them. They're very, very good. You're playing the high caliber, man. So. So I got yeah. Seattle coming out the NFC and out of the AFC, I I think I got Pittsburgh, man. I think Pittsburgh is built to go into these places. I think Denver, we don't really know how Peyton Manning is. He came back He's yesterday watched. and played a couple. He's I know he played a couple, but I I mean he could have a eh. couple good games left in his arm. I don't know, eh. but he eh. came back last night, played a few series so they could clinch off the uh, first round bye week. New England is just hurt all across the board. Everybody's right. hurt except for Tom Brady. Um, He's so, got spring. You know, yeah. They're ripe for the picking. The only problem I have with Pittsburgh is they lost Le'Veon Bell earlier in the season. They lost D'Angelo Williams last night. I don't like that the running game is going to be a little bit hampered. But I do trust Big Ben. I do trust these receivers. And I think that might be enough for them to get through this AFC. So who you got to take it all, man? Seattle? I got Seattle taking it all. Seattle over Pittsburgh in the Super Bowl. All right. Well, you got Seattle, Pittsburgh, and I got Carolina over uh, New England. So, either way, man, it's going to be good football this year, man. We got some great teams in the NFC. Yeah, man. We know. Yeah, it's going to be some good football, man. So, that should be dope, man. Definitely. So, you know, it's this may not be your favorite time to do it, but it's everybody else's favorite time to hear it tone it down. So, who getting it this week, fam? <laughs> Hold on, let me sip this angry water before I do this. Tone it down, man. Goes to my New York Jets. Um, hurts me. It's going to hurt me more than it hurts you. Um, Jets lost yesterday. Um, we had a decent season, 10-6. You know, shout out to Marshall. Uh, record-breaking season. We lost to the Buffalo Bills yesterday, twice this season. Um, they swept us, actually. Swept us, actually. Um, this is our thing, right? If we won, we would have been in the playoffs. If we lose, the Steelers get in. That's why I was salty about the Steelers. Or we would have went in with a Steelers loss. But we lost. Our fate was in our hands. We were the same old freaking Jets, and we lost. Fitzpatrick threw two key interceptions in the last three minutes, I believe. Two minutes. I thought it was mm-hmm. hope. I was cheering for y'all. I turned down a couple of plates for y'all. Listen, we had a new coach, Ty Bowles, from Jersey, Elizabeth. He, has a, he had a good first year. And like I said, Marshall was good. We had Decker, Wilkerson, you know. Uh, Smith, all of well, Smith wasn't in actually, but they were playing decent football, and mm-hmm. Gino was out, and Fitzpatrick went on a run. We were on a five-game winning streak. This this last game, we just beat New England, the Patriots, Tom Brady. We just had to beat the Buffalo to get in the playoffs, and we lost. This good season came to an end. Um, Jets going Jet. Um, now I'm starting to believe what everybody tells me, man. The acronyms for the Jets means just in the season, and that's what we did yesterday. <laughs> Jets stands for just in the season. Um, I'm going to still stand by y'all. I love y'all, man. But this is just embarrassing and it's depressing. And um, <laughs> Tone It Down goes to the New York Jets, the first Tone It Down of 2016. And, um, I, yeah, I'm done, man. I, that hurt me, man. I, yo, I watched the play. I watched the interception. I watched everything go down. Just And it's got to suck because y'all lost to Rex, too. 
Yeah, to Rex. That's the crazy thing about it. And to Buffalo and division rivals. And listen. And Fitzpatrick used to play for Buffalo. <sighs> Dude, if we won that game, we were in. I was so mad yesterday. Like, I was. You know how you heat it? <laughs> I just turned the TV off. I was like, I'm done with this, man. I turned the TV off and laid down. But it's all good, though. It's all good. Listen, it's all man, good. Man, I we turned the TV day. off on the Eagles season about eight weeks ago. Oh, y'all trash. Yeah. Y'all won yesterday, though. But that meant y'all going to London. We didn't so. need to win that game. We should have lost. We need a yeah. quarterback. We don't need to be further back in the trash. I'm done. I'm not done with the Jets, but I'm just done right now. I'm sticking to my paces, NBA season. Let's, let's focus on that right now. So, <laughs> I'm going to focus and put my... Uh, yeah. All right. Well... Right. Let's let's get let's get to what we here for. Um, you know why I'm here. We we you know why I'm here, and we ain't just here so we don't get fined. We here because this album is great. Um, very very a very slept on album. Um, mm-hmm. We've mentioned it probably a few times on the podcast. We've definitely mentioned it on the timeline a lot over the last couple of years about how unappreciated this album is. Um, this is by an artist who has undoubtedly a classic in her first LP. Oh, yeah. Um, everybody loves the miseducation on Lauren Hill. But for some reason, and I mean, as great as that album is, it casts a big shadow. This album tends to be seen in the shadow of that album. But mm-hmm. I think it stands alone on its own. I think it's... We're going to get into what we think about this album, but we're going to talk about Lauren Hill's Unplugged 2.0. Um, this yeah, came man. out in May of 2002. Um, I believe she definitely had a special on MTV uh, when they did this Unplugged album. Um, and just uh, some interesting tidbits about this album. This album took about a month to go platinum. It came out May 7th and was certified platinum on June 11th. So A lot of people don't know that, man. A lot yeah. of people don't know that. Platinum album, too. Yeah, man. Still underrated. Still underrated. Criminally underrated. Man. And also, before we get into this album, like some background on the album. Well, let's just get into it. So, let me ask I mean, you this. Before we talk about the actual album, when were you introduced to this album? Did you catch on? Were you, like... Did you hear about this when it first came out? Did you hear about it years later? How, how did you come question. into this? Um, I heard about it years later, but I think when it came out, I was young, right? And they were depicting mm-hmm. her as someone being crazy. She cut her hair. You know, she's playing the guitar. So as a young child, and me knowing the old Lauren Hill, I'm like, oh, yeah, she went off left. Like, something's wrong with her. That's how the media was depicting her. But So mm-hmm. I didn't really pay. I know she's around the time making an album, but I didn't pay much attention to it. So it was years later I started to hear it. And I'm like, yo, like, I've been missing this this whole time. Like, like it's very relevant and essential for the time, no matter what time you're in, right? So yeah. I peeped I'm like, yo, this is really good. And, yeah, I wish I could have years back, man, that I slept on. So, so what about you? Okay, so for me, I heard about the album when it came out initially. But like you, you know, you heard all of the media frenzy about her being... Mm-hmm. Um, crazy or unstable and she fell off and all this other stuff so i didn't really pay too much attention to it um and especially because this album at this point in my music listening career i was really heavily influenced by radio and what was playing on the radio and none of this Mm -hmm. was played on the radio none Mm -hmm. nothing off of this album was played on the radio like that um and granted 
I understand. Grand, and but it's yeah. not built for radio. Absolutely At not. All. There's mm-hmm. no record on here that actually you that would fit a radio format. But mm-hmm. that was the only, I guess, the indicator of somebody's releasing something that I should listen to was if their single was on the radio or their video was on 106 in part. And that wasn't the case for this project with Lauren Hill. Um, this project was a live album um, of new material recorded in New York City uh, at MTV's studios. Um, so let's get into it. Let's talk about yeah, this. Um, first off, she is rapping on this album. She's really, really rapping. Like, yo, the bars set on this album, dare I say, is better than everything lyrically on Miss Education of Lauren Hill, rap-wise. Like, what she's saying, she had one line, I think it was the uh, Mr. Iniquity. She said, high-profile gladiators in bloodthirsty arenas, into the dragon, black road, quick and balance, souls bought and sold and t- paroled for 30 talents. Like, she was just knocking it down, literally. And I'm sitting, yo, all the whole time, she's simultaneously playing, playing the guitar. Like, she's playing the guitar and, and rapping, rapping, right? Yes. And rapping and singing. So, and she's spitting these bars. I'm like, yo, like, her pen game? Her, her wisdom. She has a mind full of wisdom, man. And like when she writes from this, it's a lot of underlying Christian meaning on this album. Also, it's a lot mm-hmm. of biblical, like uh, footnotes in this album. Um, she's really, really rapping. And one thing I liked about this album, I think you touched on in the beginning. It's very raw, uncut, passionate, and real. Like she has like the interludes of life, right? And she talks, mm-hmm. and she and she's like, "Yo, listen." I came in here, my voice ain't the finest, and some of these songs, I don't even have titles for yet, but I'm going to sing these songs for y'all. They're fresh, and they're coming from a, excuse me, they're coming from a real, passionate, authentic place, and, like, she really killed this album, man. Like, and I think the songs that stand out for me are Mystery of Iniquity, rap-wise. Mystery of Iniquity um, and War in the Mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those, like, she's really knocking, yo. The stuff she's saying, like, your favorite rapper can't keep up with her on some of these songs. Like, and I'm not saying that because I love Lauryn Hill. She is my favorite artist of all time. But and you ain't saying that because she's from Jersey. <laughs> oh, I forgot that. Yeah, she's she from, um, she from Jersey, man. She, from Newark to Israel. She said it on the first album, but she's from Jersey. Along with a host of others. You know, Jersey has the greatest, but that's another episode. But, uh, but yeah, man, she's from Jersey, man. And I never peeped this album. I'm sorry, I never peeped it to the extent. When I was listening for the bars, I'm like, yo, she's really saying some ish. Like, she's really rapping. And I can't keep up with her. Like, the typical, the average rapper nowadays can keep up with her. Your favorite rapper of all time. Like, because I remember the Billboard list dropped, and Lauren was number seven. And everybody's like, what? That's a stretch. She only had one good album. That's it. A lot of people don't even know this drop, yo. Yeah. A lot of people don't even know she dropped the well, second I album. Well, I mean, to be fair, the Miseducation of Lauren Hill went eight times platinum. And this album went one times platinum. The Miseducation of Lauryn Hill had like three number one singles. This one had yeah. no singles released to radio. Five Grammys. Yeah, so, I mean, that was a monumental album. Like, that was a genre-bending, monumental, you know, influencing album. This angry Orchard got me bourbon. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, man, like, this album is so slept on. It's very slept on. I see a lot of people, oh, she only had one album. That's it. If people would hear this album and let it rock and let it sit with them and live with it and walk with it and hear it in your room, they'll change their whole perspective of Lauryn Hill because a lot of people call up One Hit Wonder. What I guess with the album. Like, I want her to quit or whatever. Like, she only had one album. She's overrated. And somebody said on Twitter, she's overrated. And see, he's just on. 
right? You have your own musical opinion. But I'm like, dude, have you heard uh, the Unplugged 2.0? Like, have you heard it? Because if you heard this, you see why I say lyrically she's one of the best ever. Like, mm -hmm. ever. I'm not talking about female rappers. Rappers ever. Like, yeah. so, so, yeah, man. So let's get these songs, man. So um, the first one I want to talk about is Adam Lives in Theory. I want to talk about this because it's storytelling and it's great. Like, yeah. So she uses Adam, uh, the reference from the Bible, to represent all of humanity and talks about, you know, tons of of the trappings of this world that humanity right. uh, faces. You know, one of the lines she says, praying to the altar of himself, making pilgrimages, thinking he's religious, like he's got all the light and no one else. Like, mm. you know, cut off from the sunshine, only smart in his own head. So... It's just, man, it's tons of this. Then yeah. there's, you know, sexual vices. She talks about um, drifting from the way she got turned down one day, and now she thinks that she's bisexual, caught up in emotion, right. burning up in her devotion to the king of exploitation in the field. Like, man, it's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's basically a call and response to mankind, the whole song. It's like a call yeah. and response to mankind. And it talks about how we fail to acknowledge our creator, you know, God. You know, who made us in his likeness. And like you said, Adam is basically us uh, being human beings, basically. And she speaks for all humanity. Like, Adam mm. lives in theory. And I think it's the first record, right? To start the album. Uh, it's uh, the, no, the second record. Second, Mr. Second, Intentional second, yeah. was first. Yeah. But this album is... And Selah actually, uh, I think I think he uses instrumental. Selah yes, hoodie yes he did. did. Yep. He did, yeah. Shout out to Selah. So, yeah, he sampled this. But, um, yeah, man. And, I, shoot, and the, I love the chords and the riffs up there she used. It's one of my favorite instrumentals next to um, Peace of Mind. Like, those are my favorite instrumentals up here. But like I said, she's simultaneously playing the guitar, singing, and rapping, and stopping to give y'all sermons. Like, <laughs> And I call them sermons because those interludes are very powerful. You know, some people actually, they rock with the album because of the interludes, not even because of the songs. Um, so yeah, Adam Lives in Theory is uh, definitely one of the best songs up here. What about the, let's go to the next record, man. Yeah, so let's move on to More in the Mind. Man. Lauren is spitting on this record, bro. Yeah, and this is, I think, the only album she's singing and rapping on. Well, she starts off singing um, and rapping. Starts off singing, then she raps. And as I was saying before, I believe I said it, like, the audience didn't expect her to start rapping on this song, right? Mm -hmm. It was like, because she, I think they expected to come in and hear her sing and just, you know, have a nice little intimate uh, karaoke show. But she started spitting bars. And everybody was just like wild, right? I guess that I think they was waiting for that. The Lauren to spit, because <laughs> when she started spitting, man, you could see like people' like, eyes were open and started responding better. So this is one of the better songs in the album. Um, mm -hmm. Every song is a better song in the album, obviously. Um, and she, it's obviously it's point blank war in the mind, and she talks about the war in the mind. Uh, break some bars down for us, man. Okay, so let's start here. Intelligent fools, PhDs in illusion, masters of mass confusion, bachelors in past delusion. A lot of people didn't expect her to come back spitting like that. They expect her to sing maybe, but not to come back spitting. They probably Lord, thought she was going to really be come back as Lauren, like uh, not unplugged. Miseducation songs, unplugged. Exactly. They probably thought she was going to redo that album. Like, think about up. it. Jay Z's unplugged came out around the same time, but he was doing Blueprint records and yeah, Volume Two records. Yeah. Lauren everybody's unplugged. unplugged like that. Yeah, everybody's unplugged is usually their past records. I think th is this the only unplugged where it's like all new stuff? I believe I, so. Completely new. Yeah. yeah like everybody else re Yeah, I don't remember yeah, any other unplugged being like hers. 
Which is great. Yeah. I love it. I love it, you know, and it sets her out and it shows how great she is. Everybody else just reiterates their prior album. Like Unplug, Wale had one, Spotify, whatever, Spotify Sessions, whatever. It's mm. just a reiteration of the album you just dropped. Lauren came with completely new songs. She told the people, like before, it was like, yo, I'm coming with new songs. A lot of these don't have names, like the uh, Adam and Airy, Adam, Airy. <laughs> Adam and Theory one. Like, they don't have names. And she's coming freestyling and coming from an authentic, raw place, right? And it's so real and compact and passionate and uncut. Like, you don't get this a lot. You know, like I said, she's messing up on the guitar, cracking with her voice sometimes. She's keeping it real. Crying and, and, in, and, some, and, in some spots. Exactly. Crying out to God and stuff. Like, it's a very real place, this album, man. And I love it, man. Dare I say... I'd rather listen to this album at times more than Miseducation of Lauryn Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a better album, Miseducation. But there's times that I relate to songs in this album way deeper than in Miseducation, man. So, yeah, man. So let's go to the next song. Let's jump into Water, man. Water is probably the second, first or second most like popular song from this album. Um, yeah. Where people will yeah. reference these, this and another song. Um. This one more by name, the other one by association. Um, mm-hmm. But this one, man, just a very personal record from her. Um, and if you if you listen to the lyrics and follow along, you can see she's talking about God washing her, or her an experience or an encounter with God. Yeah, man. She and it's like the water is a metaphor, not even a metaphor. It's just plain. The spirit of God, the living water, you know, being baptized, you know, and she's talking about the water. Like I said, this is like, this song is like, this album is like Bible, the Bible on wax. Like, this is like <laughs> the lyrical gospel without being gospel music. This is the mm-hmm. most, this is the most gospel, non-gospel album ever. Like, <laughs> yeah, because it's like, she's spitting real gems. It's not even from a Christ, Christianic worldview also. It's just real life gems, like about relationships, about finding yourself, identity. Like, it's not even mm-hmm. just overly preachy also like you said it's relevant but it's, it's also it's connecting the bible and putting it into application okay ex- exactly I've read this bible and i see what it's saying but where's the proof or where is this coming out in this life and she's showing you where she sees it she even says it she's like the gospel isn't going to a church building you know that that's a lot. You know the gospel is living, is doing your passion, living out, living for him. You know serving him accordingly. So mm-hmm. she breaks that all down later on in some of these interludes. But water is definitely one of the best songs, like one of the better songs, one of the most popular songs, as you said. If you search this album on Twitter, most of the songs you're going to see is probably either going to be this or Mystery of Iniquity. So yeah, those one are of the, the best. two I was talking about. Yeah, those two songs. Like kill my foreshadow. Appreciate you. Yeah, chill. Um, but yeah, man. Like, so let's go to the next record. Let's go to I Gotta Find Peace of Mind. This is the yes, last song on the first disc of the physical copy. And mm-hmm. if you're using Spotify or Apple Music or you have this on iTunes, it's track 13 of the 22. Um, mm-hmm. This record, man. Let me let me just sample some more of these bars. I really, This is what I really wanted to do with this album was really just highlight what she's saying. Yeah, break it down because, for people. Like it's, and, and I've seen criticism of this project in particular um, because of what was seen as basic guitarism and basic music melody. Um, but I think that that was purposeful. I think she I, would I think rather that, you hear what she's saying and exactly, use the music exactly. to kind of force it through mm-hmm. or be the sugar on the medicine of what she's mm-hmm. saying. Um, so here's some, here's something she said. Um, 
He says it's impossible, but I know it's impossible. He says it's impossible without him, but I know it's possible to finally be in love and know the real meaning of a lasting relationship, not based on ownership. I trust every part of you because all that I, all that you say you do, you love me despite myself. Sometimes I fight myself. I just can't believe that you would have anything to do with someone so insecure, someone so immature. Oh, you inspire me to be the higher me. You make my desires pure. You make my desire pure. Just tell me what to say. I can't find the words to say. Yeah, man. It's like this is coming from a real place, man. And I, I promise y'all, if y'all listen to it, it sounds way better than how Tony just said it because he's saying it choppy. But um, <laughs> it's coming from a real place, man. And yeah. like I said, this, this is one of the records that she was actually crying out. Yeah. You know, and I could tell it was very personal. And a lot of people might think she's talking about a man on this song right here, but she's not. She's talking about a man, but not a, a human man. And as I'm saying, she's talking about God. And for the most part, a lot of these songs are about different things, but for the most part, it's all collectively about God and her relationship and how he changed her and how she's looking at life now, right? So he says it's impossible, but I know it's possible. You know, talking about God and the enemy, right? And she plays with, with the two. So it's a lot of allegory, but it's not even to the point. It's like, it's unrecognizable. Like, it's very apparent, man. And I love, I got I got a fun peace of mind, um, especially the end. Like, at the end, she just doesn't care about whoever's there. Uh, she just breaks all out, Um and I appreciate that, man. I really do, you know. Um, and I think this is the song she started to talk on. The interlude after or before this, she started to touch on the fact how um, the media portrayed her as crazy at one point. When she started to find herself, you know, and start to find who she truly was, she talks about that in these interludes. And the media at that time, like I was saying earlier when I first heard of this album, they were portraying her as crazy. What is she doing? What they do with a lot of celebrities, black celebrities for the most part, they're crazy, they're running away, look at them, but they're not crazy at all. You know, they're finding themselves, right? And they mm -hmm. open up a whole other level of knowledge and understanding in their personal lives, right? And that's what they depict the Lauren as. And I, I, I went with the hype. I was young. Oh, she crazy, man. Dropped a good album. I, as I grew, I'm like, she's not crazy at all. I've never been crazy. And she depicted that. She was like, yes, I'm emotionally unstable. Aren't we all? We all got mess. It's not like I have something that's peculiar to you. We all go through something, right? And on the song, I Gotta Find Peace of Mind, these instrumentals, she talks about that, man. Like, we gotta be real, man. We gotta just just cut out the fantasy, man. F fantasy is what we live, but reality is what we need. You know, that's what she talked about. So, mm -hmm. I love I Gotta Find Peace of Mind, man. And One of I the think, better songs. I think it was this interlude which starts off disc two, and it follows I Gotta Find Peace of Mind. Um, I think yeah. it was this was the interlude that you were referencing. And in it, she also talked about um, the previous weekend she had taken, she and Rohan had taken their kids yeah, Disneyland. to Disney World. And she said, you know, we got to take a tour, but they took us through the back way. And she's like, you know, outside where, you know, people are, where the customers are, everything's mm -hmm. immaculate. Not a thing is out of place. She said, but in the back, behind the scenes, it's all dirty and dingy and it's people working hard. And she said she saw her life in it. She's like, like us musicians, like we work hard and bust our tails to make it look like I woke up this way. And that's not reality, she said. Yeah. Like, she was like, that's not reality. And she said, the whole Miseducation of Lauryn Hill, that whole, when that album was out, she said she was torn. She had like 40 singers, backup singers, all the staff. She tried to keep up with the quota. And she was like, I messed up because I try to live up to a standard when God made me the standard. Like, each one of us, we are the standard. God uniquely made us all for a certain reason, right? Mm -hmm. And she was saying, like, God, I understand her. 
I'm trying to compare myself to a certain musical ability or, you know, when she was in a, her prime, whatever, she was trying to compare herself to the greats and what's going on, the Grammy. She got full of herself. She was like, yo, I understand that. Why am I trying to compete with the next man? You know, mm-hmm. for so long, we try to live in other people's shadows, right? We yeah. all understand that. No matter what you do and who you are in your field, you're you, right? And you can't implicate that. I'm sorry, you can't replicate that. So it's like, you're you and you got to live in your standard, the standard God called you to be. For so long, we try to fit in other people's standards and try to live up to this standard, whether it's beauty, whether it's success. We try to live their different standards and not realizing that we are the standard. You're you. Your life is unique and special, right? And she touched on that. And I think that's something we all need to realize and apply to our lives, man. So that was a, that interlude alone. Like I said, a lot of people, they rock with the interludes yeah, for man. the most part. Like yeah. that's, that's one thing I really appreciate about this Unplugged is that they left the interludes in. Um, I love it. Like I listening to this album straight through, you almost feel like you are actually in this concert. You're in this room with her. She's talking to you and the 50 you other ha- people in the room. And I love that. Ha- I love that. Yeah. I think that really even helps the records come across as well the way that they do because you're yeah. you're in you're really having a conversation with Lauren Hill. Yeah, man. You, you just got to. You got to listen to the album straight through. Like, you got to listen to the interludes and the songs. Because the interludes, they're like, they're the uh, predecessor to the songs, right? That is The next song after another interlude. The next song hits it. They all correlate. It's a big correlation. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to listen to it all hand in hand. So, I love it, man. The interludes, the songs. Very raw. Very authentic. Um, her voice cracks out at times. The guitar messes up. But she keeps going, you know, and um, it's real, and I love that. Like you said, it's very intimate. I could, I felt like I was right in the front of her face, man. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, man, let's go to the next record. The next record is you probably heard this record sample on Kanye's "All Falls Down." It's <laughs> called "Mystery of Iniquity." Um, yeah, man. Man. Yeah. Okay. Bar for so, bar, probably the best record on the album. Bar on wise. this, absolutely. Like, Lyrically. She's rapping for like what four minutes? Yeah, pretty just much. And playing. She's yeah. rapping mostly this entire song. Like she starts with the hook, and then she's she's just at him. So I'm gonna just start. Y'all can't handle the truth in a courtroom of lies. Purges the mm. jurors, witness despised. Crooked lawyers, false indictments publicized. It's entertainment, the arraignments, the subpoenas, high profile gladiators, and bloodthirsty arenas. End of the dragon, black black road, crooked balance. Souls bought and sold and paroled for 30 talents. Like, in a defense, is not making any sense? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Court, reporter, <laughs> court reporter catch the circus on the paper, followed in a system not acknowledged by the maker, swearing by the Bible, blatantly blasphemous, blatantly blasphemous. publicly perpetrating that in God we trust, cross-examined by a master manipulator, the faster intimidator receiving the judge's favor. Dang, I can't even rap that fast. Yeah, you messing up. She chill, could, chill, chill, fall back. Yeah, but, I'm going to fall back. <laughs> So I'm trying to just try to follow the great Lauren. <laughs> nah, but um, yeah, man, it's like this is, and she said, um, when the son of perdition is commanded harder, to cheat, the that was harder than rapping like Cannon, man. Yeah, yeah, man, this is the hardest record, and that's why Kanye sampled it. Like Kanye was, it was a clip, right? Some guy was in the studio with Kanye, and he was like, "Yo, Kanye called that album the Bible on wax." Kanye used to play this album all day in the studio, just this album, this Lauren Hill album, right? He was like, yo, that's the Bible on wax. And that's why you hear Kanye West, All Falls Down. He actually sampled this song, and there's a version out with Lauryn Hill's sample on it, but she never cleared it. So he got someone else to sing it and redid the song over, right? Because Lauryn never cleared it for some reason. I don't know. 
But Kanye West, he loved this album. He replayed it in the studio for so long. The guy said in an interview, like, this is the Bible on wax. Kanye loved this album. So that shows you how great this album was. Not only that, but how great the song was, man. And she's just dropping so many gems and stuff. Like, I go back so many times, I'm certainly still to this day, on some of these songs and replay these lines. Like, I'm still unpacking things as I listen. It's like, yo, did she enter the, like, Black Road Crooked Balance? Like, <laughs> what? Like, Lauren is out. She's out of here, man, when it comes to lyrics, man. So, Mr. Iniquity. 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 <laughs> One of the better songs, the best song when it comes to bars to me, rap-wise. Um, and Kanye would definitely agree with that also. So, Man, this is crazy, dude. Yeah. Next record? Man. Um, where do you want to go after this? Shoot. <laughs> Dude, is there somewhere to go after this? Yeah, I mean, there's I Get Out. Yeah, let's talk about it. Yeah, I Get Out. This song is primarily, in my opinion, based on the music industry. Um, it's funny because my pastor played this song at church one time. To, she, it went along with a sermon or something on my old church. Um, I Get Out, right? A lot of people think it's about a relationship. And you could actually apply it to your relationship. Um, but it's about the music industry and the boxes she was in. And she talks about it towards the end. I get out, you know, out of your systems. You can't hold me. You just want to abuse me. You just want to use me. Um, but it's basically her relationship with the music industry. And she found herself. She got out. You know what I'm saying? It was by the grace of God that she states, man. Um, but collectively, this album, man, I think it's very important. And not just for the legacy of Lauren, but as a human being to rock with this, right? Um, I know some people who like this album better than The Miseducation. I don't think it's a better album. I'm, I'm one of those. I, really? I, yeah, I prefer this album over The Miseducation. Barely. Like, it's, wow. it's close. I love both of them, but I, I, this just has, this just does it for me, man. Yeah. This it's the content. Place. It's the content oh. in this that grabs me. Exactly. A exactly. little more. It, yeah, a little more. Because Miseducation has some gems, too, but this oh, is like... Oh, absolutely. But this is more yeah, concentrated is like, gems. Like... Yeah. Yeah, this is this album is a, it's a must listen. We're uh, revisiting because you know this is something we said we do, and we don't think it, get, it gets enough credit. It's very slept on, criminally underrated, and we get why eight times platinum. You know this only sold a million. This actually went platinum, so somebody listening, right? <laughs> so this yeah. is just so good, and I hate that people write her legacy off saying she just had one album. No, she had two. Dare I say, classic albums? I can. This is a classic, yeah. right? This is a classic album, and both went platinum, right? And I think she this needs to be recognized more, um, and she needs to be recognized more for this body of work. Um, but for so long, yeah, don't and don't if you come away from this, or if you take even just listening to this album, if you listen to this album and come away with Lauren Hill being a one album or a one hit wonder, quote unquote, I have to ask: Do you listen to music, or do you just skim through it? Like, all right. <laughs> but we're talking like. And for a lot of people nowadays, this album may not uh, vibe with them well because it's all acoustic, and she's actually breaking stuff down. We need this album. This it's like Tip of a Butterfly, to me. It's not the mm. album people want, but it's the album you need. Mm. You get what I'm saying? And it's kind of like I can make that same correlation. Good Kid, Mad City, classic, amazing album. Then Tip of a Butterfly. People turned their nose on it. I don't know. Lauren Miss Education. Now Unplugged 2.0. You know, like acoustic, off the grid, different, but something we needed. Not what we wanted, but we need it. It's relevant. Mm. It's essential. That's an interesting right? perspective. I didn't even think about that in terms of, you know, think about it. Kendrick came off a good kid, Mad City, a very modern sounding, critically acclaimed album. Very. And went totally left on the next album, Lauryn Hill. 
a critically acclaimed, modern-sounding album in the Miseducational Lauryn Hill, and then went left with her next album. Yeah, hmm. and two great albums. Like, and I, I don't, I think, I don't think one is greater than the other, but I think you need both. You need that balance. I think mm-hmm. both are equally important. You know, and Lauren has interludes. Kendrick has poems. Do what you want with that, but, <laughs> but it's like. <laughs> <laughs> like, but I think you really need to listen to this album. This Lauryn Hill album is underrated. It's slept on. Please listen to this. Go away from this interview. I'm sorry. This episode. And listen to the album, man. If anything, listen to the interludes. Listen to interlude number five. That interlude is the main one. That's the main interlude you need to rock with and yeah. apply it to your life. Um, but she's preaching, man. Like She just don't got a pulpit in the podium. But Lauren is preaching, man. This is a really good album. And I think we gave it as justice. Um, and we, we'll be tweeting lyrics from the uh, account tomorrow. Um, to get Definitely. more and speaking about tweeting lyrics it's a side note here I forgot to give my uh, Tony Lee award to KLW 83 <laughs> Kenneth he got most irrelevant lyrics to a conversation that has nothing to do with him of the year like he would tweet lyrics to anything you're talking about and they'd be on point too he's like a walking jukebox shout out to uh, Kenneth that's my dude man but like I'll wake up in the morning yo I'm hungry T-bone steak cheat eggs and what's is great I'm like what <laughs> Like he'll he'll give you bars without no matter what you're talking about in life. You can be serious and don't forget the crying laughing emoji. So shout out to KL Dub eighty three. I forgot to give him uh Tony Lee Award up here. But um back to Lauren, man. Classic album. Check it out. Um and, and let us know what you think about it, man. Listen to it. Or if you do listen to it and you have listened to it, respond to us. You know, give us some uh critique. What do you think about it? Did you not like the album? Did you like the you album? I think we should tweet out the link too. The Spotify link. Yeah, yeah, we'll do that. We'll do that. Yeah, well, you'll do that. Um, yeah, <laughs> you, you gonna do that? <laughs> we'll make it happen, man. So please check this album out. I mean, we gonna start the day off right. We started off one of the albums we think one of the best of all time. Um, if not one of the best of Lawrence, obviously. And um, yeah, man. So yeah, tell me anything else you want to add to that? No, nah, man. Just wanna. Um, well, first before we do that, what are you listening to right now? Outside of Lauren, what are you listening to? Mm, I'm listening to Dornick. Um, Dornick right now. And uh, Dornick, you know, that's pretty much, yeah, for the most part, Dornick. What about you, man? Yeah, I've been listening to a lot of Dornick. Um, I've actually been finding myself listening to um, School of Roses again. Yeah, yeah, that's a classic album. That, yeah. We need to revisit that also. When this new yeah. album comes, we'll yeah, talk we about Yeah, we should. We should do that. Yeah, that was slept on too. A lot of people don't rock with that. I don't know why, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, man. Yeah. A lot of Lauren, Lauren Adornick, obviously. Yeah, so, and I've been, um, I've actually been uh, listening to some Life Jennings too. Who? Life Jennings, man. Oh no. <laughs> Must be nice. Yeah, no, I know, I know, I know. Okay. Let's stay together. That's one of my favorite records. Yeah. People sleep yeah. that record. Yeah, dude. That record is hard. Yo, Life is dope. Hold on, let me ask you this. Did you see the? Uh, the Anthony Hamilton Lecrae picture? Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. I'm, I'm just waiting for the Negro Spiritual to get started on one of these Lecrae records. Yeah, I'm just sitting at a pot of greens on a uh, stool <laughs> without the fire. And I'm going to play that record and put the record under the pot. And, you know, so. But we're going to see how that record goes, man. I think Lecrae could pull something out with that, um, Pauls. You know, he uh, Anthony Hamilton has somewhat of a uh, Baptist sound. Not only that, but, like, his music has some underlying Christian meaning. So Lecrae going to try to pull something out. Um, so it should be dope, man. We'll see. Lecrae is due for album too, I think. Twenty fourteen anomaly dropped. So it's twenty sixteen, man. So Yeah. He probably do. You checking for it? Yeah, I'll check it out. We'll see what's yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, man. But do check out that Lauren Hill album. 
Yes. I mean, if anything, y'all, check that album out, man. Um, don't let don't listen to the people, man. The people that say and if only, you listen to it before and then you just listen to us talk about it, listen to it again. See revisit if it, it. See if it sounds any different to you after hearing us talk about it. Yeah, revisit it, man. Especially the interlude number five. Check out interlude number five when she's talking. That's a life lesson right there. That's a life changer, man. Let me so, ask you this real quick. I forgot to do this. What three songs, if you had to pick three from this Unplugged that you would use to recommend somebody to this Unplugged album, which three would you mm. choose? Okay. Water. Listen to Water. Um, gosh. Ugh. Listen to Water. Listen to Mystery of Iniquity. And interlude number five. <laughs> okay. I, ch- I choose those three. Listen to interlude number five, Water, and Mystery of Iniquity. Please listen to those songs. Do that. And I don't know if y'all actually listen to stuff when we tell y'all. But check it out, man. These two music critics, man. Check us out, man. Give us our, our props. Just check it out. And get back to us. What about you, man? Word. I think I will go War in the Mind, Water, and uh, Mystery of Iniquity. Mm, War in the Mind is hard, too, though. Yeah, and man. I got to find peace of mind. I gotta find peace of mind. It's hard too. Yeah. But those three songs, y'all, those are recommendations. But water is definitely number one because we both said that. So. Yeah, and mystery of iniquity. We both said that. Yeah, and if you're looking for the interlude, number five is the one. So um, but yeah, man, we um we definitely appreciate y'all, man, for listening again. It's the first episode of the year. Um, we have a lot of surprises coming this year. You know what I mean? Some dope ones we waiting on. You know, and we see what we go from here. We appreciate y'all support. Again, shout out to uh Siobhan, Unative.com. For the logo help, you know. And um Definitely. thank you. Thank you. We appreciate it. Happy New Year, y'all. And get back at us, man. Now listen. Ugh. We out. Bye. Peace. <laughs>